discussing the news and making sense of a nation on the go. You're listening to The Long Form with Sunny Nayombia. This podcast is brought to you by The New Times. Hello, everyone. At around 10 p.m. last Monday, the government of Rwanda released an odd official statement titled, Rwanda hails outcomes of AU meetings, reinforces border security. In it, it hailed the outcome of the recent AU summit on the Eastern Congo crisis and underscored its confidence in the East African forces currently trying to oversee the planned ceasefire. And while thanking the international community for its role in the search for peace, the U.S. government was called out in the statement for not being as helpful as it should be. So far, so normal, right? What got my attention was further along the statement, noting the partnership between the Congolese army and the Rwandan terrorist group, the FDLR, as well as the DRC's military escalation and increased weaponry. In addition to that, the presence of European mercenaries, the Rwandan government said, and here I am quoting the statement word for word, given Rwanda's legitimate security concerns, defensive and preventive mechanisms have accordingly been reinforced to guard against the violations of our airspace and borders. These contingencies are ready to act to prevent any cross-border threat. Total security for our territory and our people will be ensured. To discuss what this statement means, as well as the quickly moving events on the ground, I am joined by the New Times editor and experienced regional analyst, Edwin Musoni. Now, if you want to react to this conversation, use the hashtag longformrw on Twitter and share your thoughts. But before we continue, do you know what you need to do today? You need to join the over 40,000 daily subscribers of the New Times e-paper to enjoy credible, in-depth reporting on Rwanda. Visit the website newtimes.co.rw to register for free. And now, back to the show. Greetings, Edwin. Thank you so much for joining me to discuss the latest events in the DRC. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, reading the government statement, I was taken aback by the use of the words defensive and preventive. I mean, when you use common sense, there is a reason that both words were used and not one and not the other. Because when I think about the word defensive, defensive is about ensuring that the threat doesn't reach its target, right? Mm-hmm. While preventive is like ensuring that the threat isn't even there to reach its target. So as a nation, we have suffered through countless attacks before that have caused death and panic in the communities living around the Rwanda DRC border. Before we go along with this topic... I want to remind some of the listeners some of the incidences that have already happened. So one of the most recent one was the fact that a Congolese fighter jet violated Rwandan airspace on November 7th, 2002. This happened again on December 28th, 2002, and then even happened more recently on January 24th, 2003. In addition to fighter jets streaking across our skies, artillery shells and bombs have landed on Rwandan soil in various incidences. On the 23rd of May last year, Congolese rockets landed in Kinigi and Nyange sectors in Musanze district. Again, on June 10th, 2002, Congolese rockets landed again in Kinigi sector. I want people to remember that what is Kinigi for us? Kinigi is a, what I can call the crown jewel 
of our tourism sector, right? So that's where the, the gorillas are. That's where Bisate Lodge is found. So it's not just a random space where you can just, you know, launch artillery into. And then, of course, you've had also incidences of Congolese soldiers actually entering Rwanda to cause havoc. So last year, June 17th, a DRC soldier entered Rwanda, shooting at the Rubavu border post. I think everyone remembers that. Uh, injuring people before being shot and killed. Then in November of the same year, November 19th, another Congolese soldier crossed the border and opened fire on Rwandan forces again in Rubavu. Now, within this context of real threats, some of these threats that I've mentioned in the statements earlier, what do you think the statement meant by separating the two words defensive and preventive? Thank you very much, Sunny. Actually, in the statement, we can add on two other items that are very key. One is legitimate security concerns and uh, the government calling out uh, the U.S. government. Mm. This takes us back to the bit of a history Rwanda has as a country with Democratic Republic of Congo. Mm. Uh, back then when it was still Zaire under the regime of uh, Mobutu. Mm. It was similar concern that Rwanda actually tabled to the world. Meetings were held, statements were made. The exfile were settling right next to the border. So Sorry. you're talking really about, you know, after the 1994 genocide, people fled, the defeated forces were fled to the then Zaire, now DRC, and set up camps right on our borders. Not just setting up camps, but they also started reorganizing to attack. And mm -hmm. they actually did that. They were infiltration, killing people. Life mm -hmm. came to standstill in parts of the west and the northern part of Rwanda. Yeah. Rwanda echoed an alarm to the world about that. The world ignored Rwanda. In any case, at certain point, the new government in power was being condemned. Mm -hmm. Yet the government in power was trying to restore normalcy in, in the country. Yeah. Now, what happened is a decision had to be taken. A strong one, too. A strong one. Rwanda to handle matters in its hands. Because the international community obviously was not going to do anything. They were not going to do anything. The infiltrators were getting into the country. The Zairean government under Mobutu was facilitating them. Mm. The same thing is happening today. Yeah, so it seems like uh, from what you're saying is that it is almost like Groundhog Day. It's a return to what has happened 30 it's, years ago. So It's a replay. It's the same script that was happening then. Only that the difference now mm. is technology has advanced. Mm -hmm. Any movement being made is monitored and it becomes a bit hard for the current Congolese government to make any movement without Kigali noticing. Kigali mm. knows what is happening. Mm. That's why Kigali has extended its concerns to the entire world that the FDRL, uh, composed of remnants of the 1994 genocide, are there killing and they want to come back and kill here. They must be stopped. And not so only that, you also have that context of the president of the DRC just the other day um, saying that he wants to effect regime change here in Rwanda. Yes, it's not any different from what mm. actually Mobutu said. Well, what are the chances? There, there shouldn't be even chances. It should be done straight way forward. Mm. If what was done in 1996-1998 gave us peace that actually has kept the country to what it is today. If it's the solution, then why not? So what you're talking about, the we solution then yes. was actually actively going to these camps and dismantling those camps and then pushing these soldiers, these former government soldiers, far away from our borders. Yes, it's the preventive that mm. is being mentioned in mm. the statement. Mm. There's the defensive, their borders are properly secured, but we are still seeing fighter jets coming. We are yeah. still seeing soldiers crossing over to Rwanda shooting. Mm. 
mm. even as we speak probably there's an incident mm. happened here and there so are you going to stand by and wait for people throw petrol bombs at your house until when your house catches fire or you actually have to stop those people from throwing those petrol bombs that would set your house on fire i mean unless you are a super firefighter who can immediately stop a fire you have to actually do something I, before the fire comes I, to I, you either way either way do you have to still wait for the fire however no, I, skilled you are if I, you actually have a way to stop that fire from mm. its source then put it out i guess as a rwandan now i'm just going to talk as just me i've always wondered in terms of our our military policy our military policy has always been about ensuring that the fight never happens in our territory rwanda is too small we're not like russia where you know you or even congo where you can decide to lose a hundred thousand uh, square kilometers and there's no change literally it is goma rubavu musanze and they're already in kigali so when i look at this statement personally it's telling me a few things it's telling me that rwandans we are going to do everything in our power to protect you and if that price that is to be paid means that we must take the fight to the enemy Instead of waiting for the enemy to come to us, I'm comfortable that that is a price that I am willing that our government pays. Well, you're right. No one wants a fight. Uh, that's a fact. But uh, when you prevent a fight from happening and someone actually gives you all the reason to fight or starts a fight with you, what do you do? You don't sit back and wait for that person to punch you in the face until you're knocked out. No. Mm. You can't. We are geographically disadvantaged because of the size of our country. Mm. Any country that is geographically disadvantaged must protect itself from the outside. And must protect itself offensively. Offensively, definitely. Mm. Any country that has senses a threat, even if they are not geographically disadvantaged, mm. as long as you sense a threat that is likely to affect you mm. from afar, mm. you do your best to stop it. And I think in our context, the threats are not even imaginary. We've actually seen them in real life. Yes, yes. We actually had a situation where one of the Western countries actually had imaginary threats of weapons of mass destruction. They invaded the country yeah, over, and, over any. And right? Saddam never did anything to them. Yes. But versus you see, what they were doing, they were trying to prevent a threat from the source. Yes. Right? Whether they were right or wrong, that's another discussion. But, but they did it. They were trying to protect themselves from a threat, but also preventing it from the source. Yeah. This is what I get from the statement. Mm. Defensive, definite. Protect definite. our borders, we'll have... At least we're sure of there's a gun there that shot at the Sukhoi, mm -hmm. right? On we're our sure border. That, yes, yes, and definitely not one. Mm. I believe there could be many others, mm -hmm. but that's defensive. I mean, they said that they were going to reinforce the borders, so I'm assuming that that's where a lot of our ammunition went to. Maybe, but again, we come back to no one wants a fight. Mm. If DLC wants peace, mm. the key's in their hand. I guess that's the saying, right? If you want peace, you have to prepare for war. And I guess that's what this statement is kind of reminding us of is that, hey, everyone needs to be very careful. This is not a game anymore. It has never been a game. Yeah. To Rwanda, at least that I'm sure. When the 1996 war started in Zaire, I was a teenager and I had connections to the people who actually were there fighting. Mm. So, definitely, I know, on the side of Rwanda, when a statement is issued... You better listen. All expect action to follow. Or, most likely, it's a warning. It's a last warning that they are giving you. Before we continue this very interesting conversation, are you looking for a job? Or is there a tender you want to bid for? On the New Times Job Mart, you will find hundreds of jobs and tender listings. Visit the Job Mart today 
by going to its website, jobs.newtimes.co.rw. If you want to post a job opportunity, call 07-85-28-9489 and ask about the great rates. And now back to the show. You know, I noticed something extremely curious this week. On Monday afternoon, a video showing a DRC fighter jet seemingly shot out of the sky was posted by an M23 friendly Twitter account. This video was uncharacteristically uncommented on either by the Congolese government or its online Twitter army. I found that suspicious, especially because they comment about anything. Then a day later, that's on Tuesday, MPs from the North Kivu province wrote an open letter to the Congolese government asking for it to open talks with M23, something that the MPs had refused to do earlier. And that's pretty curious. Then a day later, Rhodes leading to the M23 controlled areas were open to traffic. And although they were closed again 24 hours later, again, I found that curious because obviously those roads were to go into quote unquote terrorist territory. So the government had closed them down. Edwin, what is your take on these very strange events? Thank you, Sunny. Actually, with regards to the video of uh, Sukhoi that was shot down, I picked it and posted it on my Twitter I remember, again. yeah. I really was doubtful in how actually crafted the message that I put out there. Allegedly, mm. I expected the Congolese to come and comment on that with either it's true or not. Or they didn't. Mm. Neither did they comment to a source where I actually picked the video. And that, I think that was probably some Twitter account that is very M23 friendly yes. called Kivu News. Kivu News, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I got it from. Mm. So, it's a recurring event. The social media army seemed to be coming down, right? And actually, it was silent. Not even calm down. Yes. It calmed down yeah, out yeah, fully silent. Silent, right? Yeah. We've not seen the government spokesperson, Moyaya, throwing tantrums at Rwanda in the last how many hours from our recording? Well, so he has thrown tantrums, but had nothing to do with the allegedly shot down plane. It was more about, oh, Rwanda might want to return some of the land that it used to own in pre-colonial times. So that fake unnecessary conversation. But for the jet plane and that video, it's like nothing happened. Put something in context. Mm. There's been a show of mighty in Kinshasa. Mm -hmm. Heavy guns being paraded, then it comes to Goma, they parade hundreds and thousands of soldiers heavily armed crossing through Goma. And some, uh, I think I also saw on social media uh, photos of uh, manufactured Chinese bought uh, military drones. Yes, we only see photos of uh, M23 with the small guns, SMGs. Yeah. They heavily armed the file. They say have not retaken any captured territory from M23. Mm. So put that in context. Mm -hmm. right? So the, the more they keep fighting M23, mm. the more they lose territory. Mm. And remember, M23 has already circled Goma. Goma. Mm. The more Kinshasa keeps throwing stones at Kigali, mm -hmm. Kigali may decide to close its border with Goma, of which Goma survives on Rubav. Mm. So no. what you're saying, it's almost like a double whammy, right? So yes. on one side, you have the M23 slowly surrounding Goma and uh, then cutting Goma off from the fertile food basin where they get food. Absolutely. And then there might be the threat of Kigali then closing Rubavu-Goma border post. I'm saying hypothetically, yeah. if I was there, that's that's exactly what I would project. I'd, yeah. I'd say like, okay, if Goma is cut and then you actually can't fly to land in Goma because in the plane they can shoot you down. Mm. 
then Rwanda decides to close the border. Mm. What happens to Goma? They would not have food. So the only way they have out mm. is to actually talk to M23, something they avoided. Now, M23 has them. But if what I am actually assuming is true, mm. then they will have to go to M23 for talks. I feel like right now there's a delegation from M23, its top leadership in Angola, to meet the Angolan president who is the mediator from the ICGLR regional body. So right now they are actually in Angola right now. And even throw in the context that the president of France was in Angola today, the day we're recording, which is Friday, to meet with the Angolan president. So do you think that Eastern uh, DRC issues are not part of the conversation between the two heads of state and also maybe the M23? France being France and uh, Angola being a Portuguese-speaking country, there could be trade interests, but definitely as mediator, as the chair of ICJRR, they have to talk about security issues mm. and those involves DRC. I wouldn't be surprised if actually the M23 delegation managed to get an audience with the Macron. I mean, that would have to be extremely secret because with the French president actually traveling to the DRC for a state visit, I can only imagine the DRC combatants might um, burn down the French embassy if that news actually was ever leaked. You should see what they did to the embassy already. <laughs> They've already painted it red. So what more are you going to expect from that radical audience that doesn't actually want peace? Yeah. The whole of this comes mm. back down uh, December elections. Mm. The current president mm. knows exactly the team of men, mm. including the likes of Francois Bayard, mm -hmm. including the deal that he struck with uh, Kabila, mm. of which the agreement was signed by uh, Kabila's cousin, Tisekedi, mm. to rule for one term mm. and enhance back power. All those people that took part of that. They're that, no longer there. They're no longer there. Those yeah. are the men that actually made him. He knows he didn't, he didn't get to power legitimately. Mm. He was made by these people. He has pushed them aside. Now he has to create another situation of overstaying in power. That means he has to create a crisis, a conflict that is going to last for him to postpone elections or even say, because there's a part of the country that did not vote, we have to overstay the current president. And before we uh, conclude this conversation, I just want to remind people that according to the DRC constitution, a president in a state of war, which is what he's saying is happening right now, he can, and that's his, his right, uh, declare that he was going to be in power for two more years while the country is going through crisis. So we experienced that in the previous uh, mandate. Exactly. I would not be surprised if that's what's going on. However, as different things happen, as the M23 kind of encircles uh, Goma, as we see uh, regional uh, peace initiatives uh, take force, and as we see Rwanda kind of say that, you know what, enough is enough. Maybe, just maybe, there might be an opportunity for elections and a smooth transition. I don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't see that happening. Yeah. The, the elections are already rigged. It's on record. Those close to power have said it in DRC. They have said it. And it's just trying to see how they can implement what they have already planned out. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Edwin. Before you leave... 
Is there a topic you would like to be invited back for? Thank you. Yes, there is. Uh, public transport. I really like to speak so highly of public transport. Uh, government intends to import 300 buses. We are already experiencing a heavy traffic jam. Uh, we have routes that may need buses but do not have buses. How is that all going to work out? Before we sign off, here are two of the biggest stories published this week. The results of the 2022 population census were released this week during the 18th edition of the National Dialogue Council de Mushichirano. Among the findings of the 18-page census document was the fact that Rwanda's population increased from 10 million in 2012 to 13 million this year, while life expectancy rose from 64 and a half years in 2012 to 69.6 years in 2022. Another interesting figure is that 51.1% of Rwanda's population is female and 84.5% is male. Make of that number what you will. In another step towards gender equality, the Rwanda Men's Resource Center on Friday was joined by the Rwanda Civil Society Platform in calling for a six-week paternity leave for fathers. This would be half of the time allocated to mothers as per the labor law. According to the two groups, the lack of enough leave time affects the ability of the fathers to support mothers and their newborns, especially in cases where the mother suffers postpartum complications. Presently, fathers receive only four days of paternity leave. Before we leave, would you like to partner with the long form? Send an email to sales at newtimesronda.com and ask for our rates. If you enjoy this show, Subscribe to The Long Form with Sunny Nayombia on your favorite podcast service. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon Music, as well as the New Times website. Until next week, goodbye.